Welcome to episode two of Nerds and Iron. We've covered quite a few in this episode today. You know, I had a lot of casual conversation. You know, we went, we talked about me going to my sister's birthday party and feeling super out of place, as well as super duper tired because I was up for like twenty hours. Uh, and then kind of got into reverse dieting, what it is, and bulking, cutting. Kind of got into those concepts. Uh, then we talked about blue light study, uh, what the blue light does to your body, how it messes with you, how it messes with circadian rhythm, messes with your sleep, can cause weight gain. Crazy. Next one is HIT. We talked about how too much of anything can be bad for you, and we use HIT as a perfect example of that. Too many cheeseburgers. Talk, yeah. Balance or how everything is connected. Andrew kind of went after hit a little bit here. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> but we also went about on how everything's connected. Yes, yes, all yes. The, all the systems. Yes, and then we went. We had some questions. Uh, one of the questions was, "What is each of our own biggest weaknesses when it comes to getting our fitness goals?" Question two was from Andrew. What was it? It was. It was like a three-part question. Um. How would you train if you're someone like a cop that needs to go from a static position to a very active position quickly and without hurting yourself? The other one, other part of that was how do you know when you're ready to go from the uh, free weight, from the body weight to the free weights? There you go, there you go. And the last question was the benefits between full body and isolation traditional workouts. Yes, and why full body is better than the bro split. We went down <laughs> a few rabbit holes, and by we, I mean me. <laughs> <laughs> and before we we get going on that, we want to give a quick shout out to ActiFit, our one and only sponsor. I can't believe we have sponsor guys. It's oh freaking God. awesome. I know. <laughs> Anyways, ActiFit hooking us up with the room here. You guys freaking rock, and we love you guys. ActiFit, that nice homie gym. It gives you 24-7 access, something that Andrew didn't have last night. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk about that. <laughs> but ActiFit, the gym where it gives you a nice homey feel, nice tight community, and a nice place to work out. Good and equipment. Ev- and everything you need. So with that, let's get it! Dude, I'm fucking... I'm full, man. We ate so much. <laughs> this morning we went over... It's my sister's birthday. So actually yesterday, uh, after the I coached football, we went over to Orville. Got a W, you know, got a win. Um, nice. Afterwards, I promised my sister we were going to go to the game, so I get home at 11. I've been up now... I've been up since 4.20. That's when I have my alarm. 4.20, 4.30 around there. <laughs> I get up and uh, we... So I knock out, you know, work, tra- training with clients all day. Game, everything. I'm going, I'm going, going. Get back home, 11 p.m. I've been up for almost 20 hours. I'm looking at the couch and I'm like, oh, boy, that couch looks comfy. <laughs> and uh, then I told my sister, I promised I'd go to her little birthday thing she's got going. I go there uh, dressed as a uh, Rick and Morty, you know Rick. I, I Rick, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got the, you know, the episode where he injects steroids and he's got the the short shorts and he's in a wife beater. Yeah. I kind of mimic that. I just put on the mask, easiest and cheapest costume ever, guys. It was like what six bucks for the mask, and that was it. I had everything else, so it was freaking awesome. See, if I have a robe, I have a coolie hat. I can be raiding from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yes. Oh, you do have that, dude. I have the coolie hat sitting in the back of my car right now. <laughs> dude, yeah. So, so I'm there, dude. I'm all seriously. I'm there, and like the music's blaring. I've been up for 20 hours. I'm, I'm, just, and I'm sober. You know, I'm just like, it's just like, I'm just like, oh, boy. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I'm too old to be here. So I'm like, um, I, I said, what's up to you know? So they're playing El Caballo Dorado. For those of you who don't know, or don't speak Spanish, yeah. Like <laughs> so El Caballo Dorado, you uh, you dance kind of. What is it? Hold on, let, let me let me get in it. So you go, you right, you go right, then you go left, then you go backwards, then you go forward, then you turn. Is that to the right? shit I do with you on yes, your graduation yes, party? Yes, yeah, that one. God damn. <laughs> yeah, no. Talk about it. Yeah. Hit no, training yeah, session. So the song gets like quicker and quicker and calves are burning so i show up to the party and this me and caitlin we show up uh she's dressed as wonder woman so it's just a is like everyone knew it was her so that was a giveaway that it was me i put on my mask literally get right on the dance floor right as we arrive and so some people i saw a bunch of phones come out and they're like who is this who is this and why is he here but then my sister said a lot of people guessed within two seconds who i was because they could just tell and i'm like oh it's even <laughs> with a mask great but uh was it the mask or was it the uh giant thighs my sister says the thighs <laughs> my sister said immediately she looked over while because she was on dance floor too she goes oh for sure it was the thighs you know but uh yeah so the 20 minutes and i was like yeah i'm out <laughs> let's go i'm ready for sleep yeah so by See, time so by the time i got in bed 
I had been up for probably close to 21 hours. Fridays are brutal. Every single oh, yeah. Friday, so. See, I'm in the same boat with you. For me, I stayed out later Thursday night, played some pool, went to Frankie's, enjoyed some special cocktails, eventually got back to my friend's uh, apartment, and we just kind of hung out, nerded out, played some magic. I'll admit that. That is it. <laughs> so, we, but we, we played nerds. that. And by the time it was like, okay, let's go to sleep, it was about 2 o'clock in the morning. I have a client at 6.45 on Ooh. Thursday. So went to sleep, woke up, dragged my ass there. And luckily, luckily, I had a bang, so I got my energy up and headache, everything. <laughs> so come the end of Thursday, so that was the end of Thursday. And then Friday, yeah, we, I was with PV. We went to Foothill. Longest three minutes in a fourth quarter for the varsity game ever. So many fucking penalties. Uh, it was ridiculous. There's probably maybe 25 against PV and three against Foothill. Just let them play. Ridiculous. <laughs> just straight up ridiculous. So by the time I get back, it's 12 o'clock. Oh. I think, well, in motion, the gym I work at is a 24-hour facility. I'm going to go take a shower, maybe sit in the steam room, unwind, there's nowhere that is open right now for food, so let's go to In-N-Out. In Motion on Friday closes at 12. Like, oh, crap. Man, that's rough. This sucks. That's rough. Went over to In-N-Out, saw some of the athletes, had my little 3x3 animal style with my vanilla milkshake. Definitely not the healthiest thing to eat. Yeah. Drove my ass home. Got home, like, you know what? I really just want a beer. So I'm sitting on my phone reading uh, Dr. Stone manga. <laughs> Sipping on, I think it's Modelo. Which is different because normally <laughs> I have stouts. But, anyways, I'm drinking, I'm sipping on the beer, I'm reading uh, Dr. Stone, and next thing I know, I'm starting to wake up. There's a cat in my lab. It's four o'clock in the morning. I passed out in the chair. So I'm like, you know what? My throat's a little dry. Pounded the rest of the beer, went up, brushed my teeth, oh, went to sleep. I woke up at eight. So I had maybe four hours of sleep. And now it's today, so I'm with you on the sleep deprivation. No, you weren't able to get into the gym. If you had, if you were in Orland, you could have gone to ActiveFit. You know, just thinking in a commercial, like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you I mean, twenty four seven active. You know, our sponsors. Do you guys active have fit. a shower? No, but you know what? Who cares? We have a sink. We'll get good. <laughs> we do have a sink. Yeah, yeah. Just shower in the sink, man. I'm not that. Sm- I haven't been that small since I was twelve. Well, speaking of sleep, actually, I read a I read a pretty cool article over the you know uh, a few days ago uh, on the effects of blue light. It was actually it was published on 2012. And for and me, for the viewers out there, what does blue light do? Oh, well, let's get into that. Blue light is uh, well, think about it. Blue light wakes you up, keeps you gets reaction times high, keeps you uh, awake, uh, wired. So the the reason why that is is if you think about it in the morning when you wake up and it's maybe seven o'clock or like the sun's just coming up, everything's a little blue. Yeah. And then you notice on the other end, when it's the afternoon, everything's a little reddish, kind of orange. Like a campfire almost, too. It's kind of like a campfire. Yeah. So how it, this ties in is the blue light, for evolution purposes or just how humans were way back when, is the blue light told you it's sunrise. It's time to wake up. It's time to start doing shit. The red light is the sun going down, so it's, it's the, time or to the go absence, to sleep. absence of blue light. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. the absence yeah. of blue light. So. It's time to go to sleep. And the red light has a whole nother discussion yeah. that yeah. I can have about yeah, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. So, so, so the blue light gives it gives your mind energy, basically. It's telling it, your it brain stimulates that, that it's, it. it's still wanting to stay awake while red light is meaning it, what it, something's going What it literally spectrum. does is blue light actually stops the production of melatonin. Melatonin is what our brain secretes to make us sleepy, to make us tired, and make us pass out. So the thing that sucks about you know life today is think about it. We are surrounded by blue light everywhere. LED lights are actually the worst. They have the highest concentration of blue light. So they're just so it's white light. Obviously, has all the lights. That's mm-hmm. what white is. It's all the colors. So think about that. You're on your phone. You have the TV going. You have your lamps on. You have your all your lights on at the house. And so your mind is not able to start producing melatonin at all. Think about that. You know. So we've got all that going. People aren't even trying to relax. You know. So our circadian rhythms, you know, are disrupted. We aren't a, our body doesn't know that it's nighttime because of all this blue light we're getting, artificial and, blue light. And in a way, you could almost, or you could start doing studies to connect it if it's not already been done as to why so many people have insomnia that they just can't go to sleep. 
it could be the blue light. Yeah, everyone complains about insomnia, and a lot of, and yeah, you know, nine times out of ten, don't have a proper, you know, sleeping schedule. I mean, so, anyways, back to the study. Uh, I mean, this study, here's the fun, here's the fun, shed light, uh, you know, shed light on, uh, on the possible uh, connection. <laughs> It you know it it showed a uh, possible obesity and diabetes. It linked it basically, or just you know people were able kind of starting to link them all together. So the you know the findings of the study was uh, blood sugar levels increased, and then leptin, which is the feel full hormone, uh, went down. So people are having a hard time. They're not getting as satiated. Their blood sugars are rising. Don't be on your phones. Don't be on TV. I mean, here's here's like, let me give you guys my nightly routine. I will actually go to. I, had to, I mean, I need to be in bed by 8.30 to get my eight hours of sleep. doesn't happen. It rarely happens, actually. 8.30, come on. I mean, I'm like, I'm, I've got stuff going on. I'm and getting home. He's a, the good one. I I'm typically, the good one. I'm typically up till like, 11. So it, it, cracks me up, it cracks me when people tell me that. too much shit I have to do. It cracks me when people tell me that they love their sleep. I'm like, eh, you don't love sleep as much as I do. Let me tell you that. I've got <laughs> blue light blocker glasses, which look super lame. they got this orange tint to them. But I'll put them on at about 7.30 an hour before I need to be asleep. I'll still have my lights on. I'll just try to eliminate lights if I need to. I won't have, like, you know, the lamp on for no reason. I'll have, I might have the TV on, but I'll wear them. And then by the time it's 8.30, I kind of try try getting to bed unless there's a really good show going on, you know. But uh, I try to get to bed and tr- and just try to pass out. I don't, not enough people, I think, put enough emphasis into their nightly routines. A lot of people just are watching TV, doing whatever, and then they go right to bed and expect to fall asleep. And that's not the way it works. And you can think about it with exercise, too, or nutrition. You have to get ready. You have to warm up before you go and sprint or run. You have to get ready before you lift heavy. Yeah. There's warming ups. Yeah, and then exactly. you have cooling down. Yeah. Same thing for sleep. You can't just go to sleep and lay down and expect to go to sleep. I can, but that's also, I'm just dead tired almost all the time. Yeah, well, so you can get better, you need better habits. I I, I need better habits. Now, to talk about those blue light blocking glasses, many people would wonder, how do they block blue light? And a lot of them, or the cheaper ones, or the ones that Noel has, you can think about it, he said, what does it what kind of tint does it so give it everything? sucks because they if you're watching tv it makes everything kind of orangey you know now the reason why that is there's no is, light <laughs> well no no because it's on the so the way that they work is they give you a color filter that counteracts the blue light wave so blue light if i remember correctly correctly has the shorter wavelength higher yes. frequency red light and orange light are very similar for the most part but they're on the opposite end yeah lower frequency longer wavelength so you put those two together, they kind of counteract each other and nullify everything. Yes, yes, no, that's that's that's. So a good that's point. the science as to why those glasses work, and it's not just weird bullshit of hey, it's this glass glasses thing that makes everything look fine. And and even if it's even if you don't have a pair of glasses, just trying to not be on your phone as much. I mean, if you have to be on your phone, because I mean, everybody's addicted to their phones. Uh, a lot of the phones that are made these days, I mean, it should be a standard feature now on all of them. Is look for the blue light filter on your phone. And I have mine set to sunrise and sunset, so as soon as the sun sets, my phone will actually shift over to this orangey hue to it. Mm-hmm. And that man, let me tell you, game changer as far as being able to, I don't know, my phone isn't going to keep me up. It, it's kind of annoying, but you just you get used to it. I see you playing with it right there. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 no, I had it on forever, <laughs> and so I turned it off, and it's like, oh shit, that is yeah. blue. I have mine set to just... Uh, it does. It comes on and off. So as soon as it it changes over on my phone, I kind of start knowing. Okay, it's time for me to start thinking about going to bed. I mean, Miguel, do you have anything like that? Or do you do you mess with yours at all? Uh, yeah, I do actually. Uh, iPhone. I'm one of those assholes. <laughs> and it has a dark mode. Ever since the update came out, it's a lot easier to access. Facebook has the same thing. You put it on dark mode, it just emits a really dark anti-blue light type of screen. It's still a little bright, but not as bright if there was blue light. But as far as that goes, yeah. I mean, I have mine on dark mode almost all the time just because I need to get better sleep. And I work a very physical job, so sleep is super important to me. Well, there you go. Yeah, it's. Uh, but I just don't think enough people do it. Every single client I work with, a lot of them, every time I ask them how their sleep is, 95 percent of them are like oh it's not eh, they just don't think about it they to them it's they're doing all this crazy stuff all this high high stressful stuff probably cooking dinner for the kids this that and then by the time everything's ready they try and get right to sleep and you know you set a good you know example of 
getting ready for the gym some people still don't warm up and you know still able to get a, they end up hurting themselves yeah they, they yeah, wonder yeah. why their knees hurt why their back hurts don't, yeah, yeah. don't pull the hands me guys yeah exactly Miguel just hurt himself this morning <laughs> so he's gonna be a little rehabbing there um, but uh, another analogy I like to use is it's like getting ready to go out to someone's party getting I don't know going pre-game to going to dinner or something so you I mean unless I mean, there's some guys out there. We can get ready in like five seconds, Tennessee. you know. But True. but mo- there's people. I mean, majority. If it's gonna be something big, you're gonna take your time to get ready for it. Mm-hmm. You, so it's important to you. It's gonna be you know your a quinceanera. It's gonna be something crazy. You're gonna take your time to get ready for it. So you need it. I tell people try and take your time to get ready for bed. If you're not taking about an hour, you know, before bedtime to prep for bedtime. You're going to have a hard time falling asleep. And a lot of people just automatically want to point the finger and blame insomnia. But, uh, you know, everyone, not every, just about everybody that I've worked with, when they make their changes, man, they sleep like babies. And the other thing is you can always find this is what's wrong. Like, like this is the problem. Or this is the problem. You can find what is the solution. What is the root of the problem? Uh, for example, my knee hurts. Okay, why does your knee hurt? Well, it, it just hurts to have bad knees. And they just, or is it because that you walk on your knees? If you walk, like if you are on your knees all the time walking around, they're gonna hurt. So yes. just stand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's true. Yeah, the I mean, whole bit about doctor, it hurts when I do this. Well, stop doing that. And just like you guys said, I mean, everyone has their nighttime ritual. A typical person, what plays video games, watches their favorite shows on Netflix before bed, and then all of a sudden gets on their phone right as they're laying down. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Dude, that show is. I, I'm terrible. on. The, I'm on the with big mouth right that now. That show is terrible, man. Oh my god. I, no. Dude, it makes you cringe a little bit, like, because, just to be real, everybody's gone through that terrible show. Oh, yeah. Terrible <laughs> show. <laughs> Growing, going from a boy to a young man, and that whole period of just that trying whole, to figure shit out. That whole awkward period. That's yeah. just the awkward period is yeah, where... Dude. Fucking yeah. voice pitches and painful boners. Yeah, and the... <laughs> And the what is it the 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 little like weird stash starts coming in you oh, know dude. yeah, 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 yeah. the master senpai stash uh, yeah, and exactly. all, all the acne everything <laughs> yeah well so going back to that blue light one thing I think is important to clarify to everyone especially when you mention cortisol blue light is not inherently bad so you don't want to cut all of it out there there's a purpose for it like we said it, daytime. it wakes it <laughs> wakes up. you up mm-hmm. same with cortisol for the most part you hear how much cortisol is that stress hormone why it's bad and you want to limit it and get rid of it. But that's not actually true. There's a purpose for it. If you think about it, cortisol creates uh, carbs or glucose from non-glucose-based sources like fat or protein, mainly protein. So why would you ever want that? Well, first off, it happens when you go through the keto diet. But for the most part, that means you're breaking down protein. Where do you get protein? Your muscle. You have to stress the muscle, you have to damage it to then send uh, send it the opposite signal for a testosterone or growth hormone to elevate to help you replenish. So some of these things that we talk about or that you may hear about are not inherently bad or stuff you want to get rid of all the time. You just want it in its right dosage. Yeah. Right if place. you go too much one way, you're going to have issues. If you go too much the other way, you're going to have issues. Just like if you're too heavy, you have health issues. Too skinny, you have the other side of health issues. It's called anorexia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and um, I mean, good point about bringing up cortisol. I mean, it's important in the mornings. I mean, you ever like get like four, like three or four hours of sleep and you're extremely, what I call it, tired and wired or yeah. crackhead yeah. mode? You know, yeah. it, part of that is uh, your cortisol levels are so high. They're made... They wake you up. They increase blood pressure. You're you need them in the mornings to wake up. If your cortisol is too low, you're gonna be very tired, very non-energetic at all. You're gonna have a hard time getting out of bed. So I mean, it has its role in it. In the morning, you have your highest levels of cortisol, and then throughout the day, cortisol should be lowering and lowering and lowering and lowering. And now keep in mind that will get adjusted based on your training. Yes. And what you're doing. For example, if you or pretty much like ramming your head into a wall every day you go to the gym, you're just killing it. Kind of like, hey, there's a door, there's a smarter oh way to yes. do this, but you want to ram your head through the wall to get from point A to point B. That's- Cortisol will chronically start going up. Example, HIIT training. Yes. HIIT training in the short term will burn a lot of calories it's- by kind of making everything burn more fat. Yes. After you work out. It doesn't burn that many calories as you're doing it. It's after the fact. It mobilizes more fat. 
But now you keep doing it, and everything's hit. Everything is cardio. Everything is just go as hard as you can, as fast as you can, for the short amount of time. What happens in the long run is cortisol will go up, and your metabolism will slow down because you're not building the muscle. Yeah. You're and then people end up plateauing. They yeah, plateau. you, you plateau. And, and then the worst part, here's the worst part of it, is people will think, well, I'm not doing enough. I so, need to hit it harder. Harder. So then they'll do something crazy like get a second workout in. Uh, and I've seen this. Doing hit and then just going out and doing another work. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. The worst situation whoa. that you and I have seen is someone who's doing it three days or three times a day. Yes. Oh and God. when you ask him, how much are you yeah. eating? And it's below a thousand calories. Yeah. That is a bad <laughs> sign. Like, that's not how shit's supposed to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, to fix that, you can take some time off just to, or take it easy for a little bit so that your body can calm down, or stop doing the hit and start doing some resistance training to build the muscle to get the metabolism to come back. Yeah, and so that's one of those things where it's where it's it's less is more. You know, a lot of people think that exercise is the more you do it, the better. That's not that's not the case. Now, the more because it's a stressor, you're putting a stress on your body. You can have too much stress, and then the body instead of saying instead of improving, now it's starting to kind of freak out and say, "Wait a minute, I'm I don't have enough recovery time. Uh, you're overdoing it. I don't have enough nutrients. There's no way for it to recover." So instead of focusing on building up it's just trying to stay alive so what what are you gonna do next are you gonna work three times a day are you gonna get down to 500 calories what do you do you know so and this is a perfect example so another way to know if you're overdoing it is cringe just suck it up go one week without working out go back to working out and if you feel stronger afterwards you were definitely overdoing it if you're all of a sudden sleeping a little better after a week off you were probably overdoing it there's you know you there's so I mean overdoing it has so many adverse effects and then you throw all these other things like you have a stressful life you have stressful job and you throw that stress on top of the stress you put it on yourself when you're working out and it's a it's you're not gonna have a cocktail of fucking (laughs) shit and and the fancy name for it because you may hear this around in society is oxidative stress just so you know all that is it's the stress your body deals with it can be increased through exercise it can be decreased through exercise due to another fancy term known as mitochondrial biogenesis. <laughs> what that is to the listeners so you know what it is, it's when you make more mitochondria, yes. the powerhouse of the cell. Yes. We all know that. Yes. Hey, middle school didn't fail us, bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for those who ever, for the high schoolers that may listen to this or anyone who ever thought, why do I need to know that? You have no idea There's how so important that it. is. Yeah. We have Very an instructor cool. at Chico State whose whole thing is mitochondria, yeah. powerhouse of the cell. We had... What what do you say? Maybe two months dedicated strictly just to the mitochondria. Oh yeah, and connecting it. Oh, how there's... if we didn't have it, we'd be dead. Yes, yeah. yes. There's a lot to it, you know. But uh, shout out to Doctor A. Yes, big <laughs> shout out to Doctor A. Hey, I didn't and... go to college, but what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, switching gears here. Actually, I got a lot of people messaging me. I mean, first off, all you listeners out there, you guys are freaking awesome. I cannot believe the feedback that I personally received. Got a lot of messages from you all. You know. You guys are awesome. Fucking we love, we love the feedback and we look for it. Whether yes. it's criticism of what we could do better, what we suck at, yeah. or what we're dude. doing great and what we, you want us to keep doing. We dude. love it. Dude, dude. I, apparently I say dude too many times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, you just went dude, dude, dude. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think you should say it a few more times. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> well, I, one that um, I got asked quite a bit was reverse dieting. Actually, uh, that one... It was the very first one I received. I swear it was must have been like two minutes after I posted my little question thing. And so reverse dieting, how would you say? Go ahead and, uh, what do you, you know. This is all of you. Your, your thing <laughs> is nutrition. In fact, I'm going through it right now. I, like, I am too. My thing when it comes to nutrition is just how does it fuel the body so that you can perform better. Yes. Yours where the reverse dieting is more applicable, Mr. Bodybuilder. So <laughs> Miguel, what have it had you do for reverse dieting? So for reverse dieting, yeah. you've had me increase my calories at least uh, up 50 every week. Yes. And um, I'm, I'm feeling really good, man. Like, my performance has enhanced. I mean, my back is hurt now because I decided to do a 5x5 five five fasted. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll get to that later. But yeah. no, I'm, I'm now, good. specifically, which lift? Uh, deadlift. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Fasted, 5x5, five five, deadlift. That yeah, is we, a recipe. We got a lot of work to do there. But anyways, for a reverse diet, what I like to tell... So here's the thing is when you've been dieting or, you know, bulking, whatever you're doing, you've been doing it for a while, all of a sudden these equations that you might use to guesstimate your 
you know, calorie intake. Now might be a little fuzzy because if you were to apply one of those to me, you know, two weeks out from my show, it would say that I should be burning 2,400 calories and I was consuming 1,600 calories to keep my deficit or to keep my deficit going. So I was probably, my maintenance was down to like about 1,900 calories. So the purpose of reverse diet is to go the other way slowly because if I were to punch in that equation, go back to 2,400 calories, I'm now at a surplus of, we're talking like 600 calories a day. So I'd be gaining over a pound of fat every single week. So purpose reverse diet is to minimize that. What I like to do is go back up to maintenance. I had myself at about a 250 to 300 calorie deficit, put myself back up to uh, maintenance. And then from there, every week add 50 calories, give or take about 50 calories in the form of fat and carbs. So and the, bring the protein down because now it's not needed. J- just to interject and ask a few more specific questions that people may have. Do you go from your deficit back to maintenance, or do you progress to the maintenance? Back up. Well, the way I had it was I was still cutting, so I put, kept myself at about a 250 to 300 calorie deficit. So I just went back up to 300, uh, 300 calories. So I got back up to 1900 calories. So, so you kind of progressed it a little bit slower. It wasn't okay. I'm done. Up it back to where well, my maintenance it, is. You kind of slowly transitioned to that, and then transitioned yeah, again pe- back. People forget that their maintenance changes. So, and that's the problem with people doing these diets is when they're getting a bunch of these diets, they do whatever diet, they have this whatever goal weight, they get down to it. As soon as they get there, literally that day or the next day, they probably, they start just eating normal, like everything, like nothing ever happened. They don't realize these lifestyle changes they need to make. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's a whole, that's kind of a separate rant, but what happens to the metabolism is they don't, they think that their old maintenance is still their maintenance. Now that maintenance is now shifted. It's gotten a lot lower. So you need to, first of all, you need to accept that. Eat up to that new, that sh- smaller new maintenance and then there build it up slowly. Now when you're at that new maintenance, now your hormone levels are starting to get back to normal, your leptin, granulin levels, everything's starting to go back to where it wants to. The body's a lot happier. And then from there, just slowly build it up. Now you're doing, you know, change up your workout routines. If you just got into competing, you were probably doing a lot of uh, high volume, a lot of, you know, curls and stuff, not as many compound lifts. Now start lifting, go try a powerlifting program. And the nice thing about powerlifting programs is you know if they work or not because you're gonna get stronger or you're not gonna get stronger. So find Candidos, 5x5. Five five. I mean, there's so many basic good There is a ridiculous amount of programs, methods mm-hmm. out there. Some of them good, some of them bad. But you can always find which one is the good one, which one's the bad one by A, do you burn out to where you're actually getting weaker? Did you get just you're the same or did you get stronger? That's one reason why I like this side of the fitness industry. It is very easy to figure out if it's bullshit or not. Yeah. Because it gives you a hard number whether or not it worked. Yeah. Now, nothing thing I want to ask you about the reverse dieting because you said that if you were to just go back up to your original caloric intake that you would just store or gain how a good amount of fat. Yes. Why is that? Why is it that once you're in that deficit for so long and you finish your competition, if you go back to normal, why is it that it goes immediately to fat? Well, your body can only build back up so much muscle. Think about this analogy I love is if you're building a house and your workers can only put up X amount of bricks, 100 bricks a day, and think of bricks as muscle to build a house. If you're giving your workers 200 bricks a day, you know, and think of the bricks that they don't use, they just put them in a separate pile, which will be fat. So if they're only able to put up 100 bricks a day, why are you gonna give them 200 or 300 bricks? You know, all those extra calories you're giving them, even if it's in the form of protein, are gonna get stored as fat. So you wanna get your body just enough, and then just think of the workers, maybe as you give them just a few more, you know, 10 or 20 extra bricks, you know, every day, they'll maybe be a little quicker and they'll learn how to throw them on a little quicker and they'll become more, you know, just, they'll become better or more workers will start joining, you know, saying, hey, this job isn't so bad, you know, we're getting job, you know, just think of it as that. Your body will start utilizing those calories a lot more. So uh, actually we read a, a bulking study, which is freaking awesome. This, uh, conducted by Dr. Eric Helms, dude is, dude is brilliant. He got a group of natural competitive bodybuilders and the reason I know it's natural while I was listening to him talk about it is there's no reason us, you know, these steroid guys that are juiced up would care for a program like, for a study like this that's probably not going to get a lot of eyes on it because 
everyone wants the studies where, you know, oh, you know, how much muscle could I possibly put on physiologically? So they had this group, and plus these guys were in prep for a show that's drug tested, so we already know everything's set in place. Uh, a group was eating 4,500 calories. The other group was eating 6,000 calories a day. So the 4,500 calorie group gained uh, 1.2 kilograms of lean body mass per 0.3 kilograms of fat. And then the high calorie group gained 2.4 kilograms of lean body mass to 1.8 kilograms of fat. So what that means is the low cal- the lower calorie or the slower bulk gained uh, their body weight gain was 2.5% of fat. The other one was 12.4%. So just to sum, you know, dumb it down even more, the high calorie group gained almost five times more fat for two times the amount of muscle. So that group, by the time they get back down to cutting, they're going to be back at the same exact place where they were. The other ones that gained not as much muscle, but gained way less fat. Next time they cut, they can have a much. They don't have as much fat to cut, and they and they're not going to lose as much muscle. And they're going to look much nicer. Yes. So, the, so the reason why that your body is going to turn it into fat when you try to come back and you don't progress it well enough. Keep in mind, Noel is a natural bodybuilder or a physique competitor, and he's still figuring it out. He's still getting used to it. And when you get into bodybuilding, you don't necessarily go from an average person to you are shredded, you have the 4% body fat or lower. It, typically, you go maybe around 10 on your first show, then maybe 9, 8. It progresses slowly when it's natural. So keep in mind, his body fat percentage was not a ridiculous low to where you could see the striations and every single detail about every single muscle compared to some of these professional bodybuilders where they get that lean yeah. and sometimes they have health issues yeah. or many oh, times yeah. they have health issues and the well still experienced the same thing so this is more applicable than just the professional bodybuilders the reason why that when you start eating more it goes to fat after show in terms of survival is you're in that much of a deficit he's still training if anything he has to train harder yes take advantage of the while in calories. the deficit mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I remember seeing train smarter too. Well, I remember seeing a video of kids meet a bodybuilder, and he summarized it as when he gets ready for a show, he has to lift the same amount of weight for the same volume off of less food. Yep. So you're stressing your body on two ends of the spectrum. You have less food, and you're amping up your work intensity and volume. Yes, and and you got to be careful to not. And the one thing I did in my very first show that I did wrong was stressing it too much. And yes. so this one, this show, I had to do less volume, but I had to do, up my frequency. So I had to be a lot smarter about how I approached my workout because, again, more is not better. And when he, so when you finish your the competition or your program, when you start introducing the food again, your body sees it as we are out of our starvation mode. We need to store this for the right. next time that we go through a bunch of crap like this. Yes. And that's why it stores it as fat. Yeah. Now, for some of those individuals out there who try to get ready for bodybuilding or they want to make a splash, they want to go into a show for the first time, and they do the, that yo-yo diet where they cut everything out, they get really lean, then they binge. This is what you're setting yourself up for, aside from a hormone imbalance. When you lose that much fat and then you suddenly put that fat back on, you have what you call fat cells or adipocytes. When you keep doing that, those cells will actually split and create more cells. Hyperplasia, yeah, is what it's called. Yep. Yeah, you, you actually, so here's the thing is when the, the number of fat cells you have, you cannot get rid of. Unless so, you do liposuction. Even then, even then I've, I've read some articles that the body will try and fight it and try to get them back. So the body is a lot smarter than we think it is. And so whenever you lose body fat, those fat cells, all they're doing is shrinking. They're still there. So as soon as you put your body fat back on, if you do it way too quickly, the body's going to use extra calories to create more fat cells. And you are going to have a hard, every time you do that, back and forth, you're going to have a harder time getting super shredded. That's why a lot of these competitors that have horrible coaches out there that don't take them through a proper refeed or proper off season, they kind of just get them down 800 calories, something stupid like that. And then, all right, good luck. And then they they put on this astronomical amount of weight and they'll put on like 20 pounds, 30 pounds in a month. Insane. Or, so what they did there is actually they increased their fat cells. Next time they do another show, it's going to be a little tougher. When they do another one, a little tougher. And another one, a little tougher. And then they won't be able to prep for shows anymore. So now let's make it more applicable to general population instead of bodybuilders. Yo-yo and- yo dieting! 
Yo-Yo dieting, or everyone knows Biggest Loser. Oh, God. Many yes. people know the stat that all those winners or competitors on that show... Is it 85%? Is that what it about was? About 85% put the weight back on, and more. Yeah. That's why. They stressed their body that much. They went on this ridiculous diet of they are in this massive deficit. They're activity skyrocketed and it wasn't really resistance training or at least what the show insane, shows it's a lot of hit training insane amount of cardio and it, here's another thing is a lot of people don't realize is these people don't have to work during this time they're literally in a wherever they're staying some house or whatever their coaches are there their nutrition people's there everything is made for them they, everything is being handed to them while they're here and so as soon as they get thrown back in the wolves like that shitty coach out there when that is, when they get put back into real life, they don't know how to maintain that weight. They can't. Mm-hmm. They were eating 800 calories a day. They were burning 4,000 calories a day, doing this crazy amount of exercising every single and the wrong day. style or yes. the wrong type. So it was it was cardio, not resistance training. Like yes. you you'll see them do some deadlifts. You'll see them do that, but I can almost guarantee you they weren't pushing it to get stronger and build more muscle because any time that they did, they their scale didn't lose as much weight, and then they got docked. Yes, yes. And you got to remember, if you guys look up articles on The Biggest Loser, uh, they were forced to take weight loss supplements, too. They went through a lawsuit for it, which is kind of why they went on a hiatus. If not, I think they got canceled for it. Oh, but wow. um, you got you to gotta think about that, you guys. I mean, you're in a, an extreme calorie deficit, like 1,000 or lower, on top of taking supplements. Yeah, everyone's literally trying to lose as much weight as they can, as quickly as they can. And if you think about it, these it's people... Like the worst way to look at it rather than maybe body fat percentage that's not the way to keep it off i mean think about it you these people did not put this weight on overnight they didn't wake up one day and suddenly were 150 200 pounds overweight this happened over the course of what 10 years 15 years something like that you know sometimes from birth yes sometimes yeah so so the way you you see it is it's gonna take a long time for that weight to come off correctly you know to come off slowly the ones that do it really slow over the course of a year or two they're the ones that tend to keep it off because they made all these little lifestyle changes by the time two years comes around they end up just the way is easy it's just the way they live so kind of like a shout out to mind pump who has at least for me kind of helped me learn a lot of these concepts uh one of the guys on the show is sal de stefano and he periodically will talk about how he has some clients that they would have this goal of losing x amount of weight now he could he could have done it with the hid made it get done within 30 sessions yeah. but he kept them going and they stay with him for a year two years so multiple years not days not weeks or months but years and at the end of it they got their goal and more and they didn't have to worry about it coming back so it took exactly. longer but it was long lasting i've got a few clients like that i mean i've got you know one of my morning clients she's she started with me in march she's been an absolute beast she hasn't dropped much weight in fact she's been with me since March. She's dropped maybe five or six pounds, but the amount of body fat she's dropped and the amount of lean mass she's put on has been ridiculous. I, I've seen that, man. Yeah. She drops inches like every week, it seems. Yeah, it's 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 nuts. And then just recently, she actually went, she just had a, a high school reunion this weekend. So hey. big shout out to her. She, I'm sure she's, she's blowing minds right now. People are like, what? You know, who are you? You know, Which but, uh, means more business for Noel. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, while we're on the subject, man, I mean, my calorie maintenance, I mean, when we first started the podcast, I mean, I was probably at 2,200, Uh Right now, uh, as of then, I'm at around 2,600. Yeah, yeah, I and mean. I'm still dropping a pound. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. no, it's, uh, and, I mean, a lot of people are thinking, what, you just released an episode last week. This has been going on for a few weeks, actually, the whole yeah. preparation for this, people. So, so we, I didn't increase his calories 400 in a week. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we talked about that in the last episode about the negative side effects, like, oh, I am bloated and my stomach hurts. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But what's super cool about that, man, I mean, like, I used to get scared of, uh, like, having a cheat meal. Like, I thought that was going to be the end all for everything. But now that, you know, on the weekends I can enjoy myself a little bit, I don't go balls to the wall, but, like, I can go out with my friends and ha- not have to worry about calculating macros or having a beer with them. It's chill. Like, it doesn't affect me as hard. Yeah, I mean, and... I mean, I love that we switched from cutting weight too fast to bulking. I mean, because now, I mean, I'm, I'm on a bulk right now and I'm, yeah, I'm, eat, I'm adding about 50 calories a week in the forms. I mean, you can be more aggressive. 
if I want to be, I mean, I've only gained three pounds since in what, in like four weeks now. It hasn't been much. I haven't gained very much weight in fit. So if anything, I could make it more aggressive. You've got to kind of play with your numbers. And if you're not gaining anything, go 60, 70, 80 calories a week. Yeah. Bump it up a little more if you so need to. An underlying concept that Noel and Miguel and I have all been kind of hinting at but never said outright, the issue that you have with some of these diets is that they're very dogmatic. You have to do this. You have to go this way. A true healthy diet, just like a true healthy workout program, yes. it is fluid. It yes. changes. It allows you to adjust on the daily basis. It's actually a question on many nutrition tests or exams in college. What is a good diet or what's the characteristic of a good diet? Same with exercise classes. What's the characteristic of a good program? Oh. It changes. It flows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, cha- I mean, it adjusts for what you need. Yeah, if anything, the best way, what's a characteristic of a good diet would be one that you can actually adhere to, one you can follow. Because one thing that people want to be told what to do, you know, um, they always, I've been starting this online coaching and I've been getting, you know, quite a few, a lot of people have been reaching out to me. Every single question they all ask is, do I offer meal plans? And... I always hesitate to say yes because, I mean, I can. I'll, I could fry it up freaking uh, what tell you to eat every single day. The thing is, they get very boring. About a month in, you're going to be tired of eating the same thing every single day. I don't like meal plans because for long-term success, you're not going to eat the same thing for two years. Think about that. You're going to be burning yourself out. Real life happens. Family get-togethers. You need to learn how to survive in all those situations. You need to you know, know how to, if you know that you're going to have a, a barbecue later in the day, how should you eat for breakfast? You're not going to eat what you normally would. You have to be able to adjust to that. Be smart about it. And consider meal planning to that level is not a personal trainer's job. Yeah. It, it, like So with trainers, we get educated in nutrition. We You can go and get a nutrition specialist certification, but that can also be very easy to get. Trainers can, put, can uh, prescribe you the uh, macro needs, or we can talk to you about that, help you get ideas. The actual design and... Telling you exactly what to eat. That is the field of the registered dietitian. Those mofos spend a lot of clinical and practical hours to get their doctorates and their masters and to be called registered dietitians. Typically, they are more for those health uh, concerned people. I, that was a very poorly worded way of putting it. But people, <laughs> people have issues with actual food for those who have uh, celiac disease. Yeah. Or those who have a gut, into- gut, gut health, yeah, food intolerances. Food intolerances yep. That's yeah. the registered dietitian. Or for people who just had a big surgery or an injury, like you uh, have gotten to a motorcycle wreck and road rash all over the place and need help knowing what to eat, how to eat, and when to eat in order to recover. That's registered dietitians. You don't go to a trainer for that. Yeah. There's multiple fields. The thing is, a lot of people will, I mean, that's what the thing is, people think that the trainer should be writing out exactly what to eat. All the trainers will do it, probably shouldn't, and I don't like to do it. And for me, it's not even from that perspective that Andrew just said. For me, it's more... You gotta, you gotta learn to adapt to the body. I can teach you how to make better choices, and that's what people need to learn. Because let's be real here: eating the same thing, oatmeal. You know, you're gonna wake up one day on vacation, and they're gonna have amazing food in front of you. You know, you <laughs> be ready for that. You know, the, as soon as the, you stop, you know, as soon as that meal plan disappears, you're just like the person from The Biggest Loser. You're like, oh my god, what do I do? You're lost, don't know how to handle it, and then that weight gain here it comes again. You know? And the way I personally think about it is you wouldn't go to a general health doctor to have brain surgery. You go to the specialist for that. Same thing with the fitness field. There's multiple jobs or careers in the fitness field that specialize in things. Trainers are more of the general population health specialist. If you say that they should be also specialists in nutrition, well, my mentor taught me if you're a specialist in everything, you are effectively a specialist at nothing. Yeah. You can't be a specialist at everything. Exactly. Exactly. That, that's the opposite of being a specialist. Yeah, that's true. Well, and with that, I'm thinking it's time, because let me, let me tell you guys, my, yeah, and my inbox blew up. So I'm only going to pick one question so I don't hog the question time from all you guys. But uh, the one I got was, was, I like this one. When it comes to your individual goals, what are each of your weaknesses? So I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> time to uh, boost each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, uh, biggest one I've had is definitely following a program consistently as I should. I'm like that kid in the mall that's like, you know, walking around like, ooh, this looks cool. Ooh, that looks cool. 
ooh, that looks cool. And then, and then, like, I was on this really good powerlifting program, you know, PhD by Dr. Lane Norton. And very recently, our good buddy Thomas, he was reminding me that I have a turkey bowl in a little over a month with a bunch of guys. Now it's starting to turn into all the old guys. <laughs> I just feel like every year I'm getting gassing out a little quicker. And I've never actually prepared for that. So that day, as soon as I read, in fact, I was warming up and saw his Snapchat. Immediately I switched over to a different style of training. I'm doing a lot more volume, a lot more legs, a lot more explosive type movements. And I'm going to be working on stability, uh, unilateral type stuff. I'm getting ready for more performance explosiveness, being able to run, and I'm actually going to work on my endurance. So oh, what I'm hearing guys. is you should have fucking talked to me because that's my field. Yeah, I'm going to... What's up? We're going to need to uh, work on that one. Uh, yeah, because I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be doing some few power cleans, some kettlebell snatches, some... I'm actually going to work sprints, which is where I definitely got to reach out to you. So, you, can, so be, you know, before I get super tired after a sprint and a half, you know, be dead on the ground. You're going to learn your kettlebells with fucking Jillian Yeah, Michaels? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My, no. I think my two weaknesses are that, so staying on a program, and I should, I'm better at it. When I'm in prep mode, I become a robot. But the other one is nutrition in the sense that when the food's on my plate, I have to eat it. I kind of had that super Mexican mentality growing up mm-hmm. where my parents instilled it in me. And, and they come from, a, you know, you know, being from Mexico and having, you know, growing up in, you know, in a little poverty. That food is very, you know, from was scarce. You, The food you have, you eat. And so I don't care how big of a heaping, uh, you know, serving you give me. I'm gonna finish it. I, I swear, it's the Mexicans, the Italians, and the Romanians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Love food. They, you, they yeah, put food yeah. in front of you, you eat it. You go oh, to... You, go you to, are... You're, you're, yeah. you're looking a little skinny. More food. Yeah. yeah like, dude. great hospitality. Oh, no, and, and if you're looking fat, they'll give you all the food, and then after you, they're like, you're looking kind of... You're looking kind of fat, but you still look hungry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, and that's the thing, is if you go to a Mexican party, they'll... Uh, they'll, they'll They'll, they'll, Again, they'll food. You. They will take you. Know, you've been there a few of them, hi, Andrew. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's like, awesome. Yeah, yes. no, they, if I were to take Andrew to one of my family gatherings, my my like whole family would look at him and like, oh, necesita comer, he needs oh, to eat. He needs to eat. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand this. <laughs> well, what about you, Andrew? What's your biggest weakness when it comes to getting your goals? Okay, so the absolute biggest one. Okay, so like everyone else, I have multiple ones. One of the biggest ones is eating. I don't eat enough. Not eating enough. Oh, poor baby. Well, so my, my, my whole family has the tendency that when we need to get shit done or we just are stressed, we forget to eat. And, for example, I've gone a whole day with working out, studying, little sleep, without eating really anything. Maybe a tortilla. <laughs> I say that with the L on purpose. A tortilla. Huh. Tortilla. <laughs> Come on, I'm in a room with two Mexicans, and I say tortilla on purpose. <laughs> but anyway, so it's like, for me, eating enough is probably one of my biggest weaknesses, without even considering what it's from, just not eating enough. I'm rolling my eyes so hard right now. <laughs> the other issue is sleep. The two things that I sacrifice when I need to get shit done, or I get stressed, or I'm just all over the place busy is I will stop eating and I will stop sleeping because there I'll get uh, for example Noel sent me an article about the traditional 5x5 method and introduced a new concept or a new version of it I stayed up till 12 o'clock coming up with an idea of how I could play with that and then the next day I spent three hours making a program Oh, Jesus. <laughs> like I'll three hours in front of the computer, playing with the ratios of everything and trying to see how this could work. I will do that. Now, the third weakness, I'd say, is a little split between I know what is the right kind of working out and then I know what just makes you look good. Example, leg extensions are bad for your knees, but I really like the pump that you get in your quads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And on the other end of that, you know, everyone goes through the phase where they want washboard abs or like the really nice abdomen look in general for women and men. It, it differs. Well, I'll be, I'm the kind of guy I wanted. I got an eight pack going. I need to hit the obliques. Well, you know what? That's very boring. So let's just not hit the obliques. I'm good with the love handles on the side. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll be more like a little bit of laziness in the sense of I want this, but I really don't want that. Yeah. Which eventually, eventually just told me that it's not really a goal. So you should probably find a different way of doing this or addressing it. What is that you want for physical looks on your body? Which eventually I went to the functional look, 
where you have a little bit more meat on you, but I can move it much better than a bodybuilder can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little on Noel. I can sprint. We get it. <laughs> My legs are smaller than Noel's, but I can sprint, run, and not look... Like an orangutan. But, but I look cool doing it. All show, no go. Well, what about you, Miguel? What's, Until I what, hurdle you. What's say your biggest weaknesses? Um, honestly... Sounds uh, like mobility for one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, my back. <laughs> no, but uh, realistically, I mean, right now my discipline... Knowing not to go move, hard so too quickly. If I... Yeah, all right. Um, I mean, my, my nutrition's on point and everything. I'm basically like that freshman that just got into high school and is going to be a good boy, you know? Like, I, I run my programs to a T... I measure my food and all that stuff. So right now, my only weakness is probably along with Andrews' sleep. I still game a lot. Mm. So How many hours at, do you average? Man, don't call me out like that. Bro. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> share mine if you share yours. I'm getting about se- I'm getting about seven hours. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, average? It's very spotty. Um, I'll average maybe about five. Uh, sometimes okay. three hours. Uh, on a good day, I'll have maybe six or seven. Uh, I'm the same boat. My good days are getting about six and a half. I will average almost three to four and a half. Yeah, so we're in the same boat. Yeah. Uh, my recovery time, though, just due to being overweight, kind of catches up with you after a while. Um, I'm pretty sure that doesn't help my joints or anything like that. But, yeah, I mean, sleep overall. And um, I want to say, uh, I think this is something worth discussing another time, but going too hard like i'm feeling really good so like my fucking my testosterone is just telling me to fucking go hey how did you really hurt your back all right so this morning i just chugged a little bang it was a keto coffee shout out to bang and uh, <laughs> sponsor us bitch anyways <laughs> I, w- I basically went into a workout fasted and i was doing a five by five now, for those who may not understand, 5x5 five five is not an easy program, lift, session, or anything. It's five sets of five reps at a good, solid weight. In terms of percentages, you'd be looking about 85 to 90% intensity range. Miguel, it sounds like Miguel went like 110%. Yeah, I went in like 200 That's also considering that you eat before you lift. Like, my key energy was off the fucking levels, dude. So... Um, I picked up 405 just for a max in there, and it felt really good. So I was like, oh, shit, I could rep this probably 5x5. Five five. Third mm. rep in, my back was like, hey, fool, you need to stop. <laughs> so you were like Goku going Kaioken for the first time. You get Kaioken times 2, times 3, times 4, <laughs> times 5. Okay, Vegeta left. Everything goes down, and now, yeah, your entire fucking body's broken. Yep. So <laughs> luckily, um, I know when to stop, though, a little bit. Like, if I feel even the slightest struggle or pull on my back or just anywhere on my muscles, I'll stop. But still, like, my mentality is just like, go, go, just push through it. And that, that that's not healthy at all for my body if I want to, you know, build up good strength and good posture. So so he needs that lifting buddy that will beat him over the head with a foam roll yeah. and say, stop. All I'm saying is he, every time he's worked out with me, he hasn't hurt himself. Mm. Just throwing that out there. (laughs) All right. Okay, so I guess another question. I got this from a friend who is uh, trying to become a cop. Oh, nice. Nice, nice, nice. Good luck out there. But his question had to do with how would you train, A, knowing going from body weight to the gym or free weights, how do you know when to make that transition? And two, how would you train someone to go from a very stationary position to sudden activity. Example, how cops will be patrolling in their vehicles for a while, then all of a sudden they have to get out and start chasing someone. How do you prepare for that in the gym? So, main idea is specificity of training. You train for what you need. Now, in terms of how do you know when you're ready to go from body weight to free weight, there really is not a big transition from one to the other. You can do them both at the same time. Um, for so on that topic, Noel, what are your thoughts? For me, as far as uh, if I were to get somebody ready for that, you imagine they're in a seated position, then they're going through something very explosive. I would do something like pause squats. I'd have them go, you know, on the descent of a squat, go down for two to five seconds, very very slowly. Hold the bottom of the squat for two seconds, then explosively come up. So to kind of go a little bit into the science of that, when you do eccentric loading, so when your muscles engage, but its actual length is increasing, you can think about it, you do a bicep curl. 
when you bring that bite that dumbbell up to your shoulder in the curl that is known as a concentric muscle action when you hold it there that is isometric it's the muscles working but not, no movement is occurring when it starts going down and you're returning to that starting position that is eccentric the muscle is still working but it's getting longer yes the benefit to that is eccentric work a the slower you go the harder it is the faster you go the more stress that actually gets placed but you can decrease strains and pulls on the muscle because when you think about it you don't pull the muscle by suddenly trying to exert a lot of force it's when that muscle tries to brace against the force that it suddenly snaps on you well uh, you got to re- remember too is all these muscles are they're like rubber bands they have these elast these elastic components to them so if you come down really really slow or if you cu- you just go down really fast and then bounce right back out your muscle didn't have to work as hard because that elastic property, that rubber band feel, helped you out a lot. So and you keep doing that, eventually it snaps. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you eliminate that by slowing the tempo down. And think about it; they're in this, they're in a seated position to all of a sudden being very explosive. That's how you want to, you know, train with that in mind. You do anything else like a like a deadlift? Do a deadlift where on the descent you're going eccentric as andrew says so did descend on the way down you go down very slowly and then boom explode back up as soon as the the weight touches the ground but don't bounce it you know just so i mean this it's going from yeah going from uh just eliminating that the rubber band component from all your lifts you're gonna you're training a lot more for that type of workout so the other thing that i would approach in terms of training for the whole you're going from a stationary position to very active quickly is address flexibility issues and mobility issues first. So you're going to have tight hip flexors when you're a cop and you're patrolling and you're in a, a car all the time. There's a lot of sitting So there. a lot of your workout time should be dedicated to making sure your hip flexors don't get super tight on you. Exactly. Make sure that flexibility does not diminish to the point where everything just gets nice and tight, like a rubber band being stretched, and then you try snapping it even further because like it will break. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like what Miguel did. So now on the other part of that question of how do you know when to transition from body weight to free weight, you have to consider what is it that you're doing with the body weight. If you're doing curls with your hands, well, you can do dumbbells immediately. Yes. If you're talking about squatting or push-ups, specifically the squatting, when the technique is ready and you're not falling over, you're not feeling the quads burn more than your ass. And you having to do 100 to feel something. <laughs> that's a sign you need to start adding weight to it. Yes. And that's when the free weights come in. Yes. Now, if you're doing something like a push-up, do you want more out of it? Learn how to bench. Yeah. The push-up and the bench are very similar in how they work, in the movements and how the body should be oriented. And actually, a bench press is easier than a fucking push-up for many people. Yeah. You're not having to move your body in space. You're laying down, and then you all have to do is move the weight. And best way to think about it, you take someone who is 250 pounds and, and will say that they're overweight and they're trying to do a push-up, it's a struggle. I can have you go on a chest press machine or use a bar and learn how to bench press and I can make it 40 pa- 45 pounds yeah, I mean, and I'll, you can build from there. A more extreme version is pull-ups versus the lat pull-down machine. Someone who yeah. weighs 200 pounds or in the general population who can't do one pull-up, you can do a, a lat pull-down machine and it's suddenly weights way easier. Very similar, yeah. not identical. And then you can also, with that, use the pull-up bands, where they giant elastic bands that you stand on, and they help pull you up as you do the pull-up. Those are great for a large group of the population, but there's also a limit to what you want to use. If you're someone that you want to learn how to do a pull-up, you're not obese, or let's say you're in general, general health okay, the bands are great for you. Someone that is morbidly obese, the bands are not going to be the right choice because you're going to need... They won't work. Lat pull-down machine. That's where the lat pull-down machine will come in because you can build it up that way as opposed to getting frustrated that you need way too many elastic bands or the elastic bands still just aren't working. Yeah, and that's what I did. I did a lot of lat pull-downs when I was way overweight because, I I mean, if I tried to do a pull-up, my back felt like it was going to pop, like, without even getting up. (laughs) Yeah, you can do a pull-up now, though. Yeah, Yeah, you can do a pull-up now. Yeah, yeah, shout out to Miguel. So let's see when you can do the clapping... (laughs) <laughs> no, give you that challenge of or the now, du- that, now that you're losing the weight the, and you're getting stronger. The douchey muscle ups. Pull it up, <laughs> clap your hands, and land. Yeah, we got, hey guys, Andrew's that douche that does that. Just want you guys to know that. Right there. <laughs> and, uh, okay, I'm just gonna go with it. Andrew's that douche that does that when he's bored. <laughs> we got time for one more question. Uh, I wanted to choose this one for you guys. Um, well, benefits between full body versus isolated traditional workouts, like yeah, chest and back. I like and this. And so, I like so, it. Th- this is going to be more for you guys. I want to hear this. I need to yeah, be educated on it. Okay, the first thing, 
How many fucking bicep curls do you have to do to build your arms? Like mine. <laughs> Shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> now, what if I told you you could do a bent over row or a chin up and build them faster? Compound movements. That's the first thing is it's not isolated. It's compound. Now, how do you build your legs or your butt the best? Uh, well, compound movements. We're talking squats. We're talking deadlifts. We're talking bridges. Exactly. They're all compound. They're not leg extensions, hamstring oh, curls, the, 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 the or the butt things. The kickbacks. Oh, my God. Hey, like, you only kick back at a family barbecue. Yeah. Right? Not at the gym. I, gotta just, I hate that workout. That workout. Oh, my God. Anyways, now, gone. The, the science and reason why this works, whether you train for strength or you're training for size, like we talked about earlier with the endocrine system and the nervous system all working together and how we talked about last episode about you have to tell working out is sending signals to your body. So when you do cardio, it sends a signal, be more efficient. When you do resistance training, it sends a signal, let's build the muscle. So when it comes to the dynamic lifts, they send a loud signal. Very, very, a very loud, hey, let's grow some muscle signal mm-hmm. is what they're doing. The, and the concepts behind that is the signal gets louder when you have larger muscles work and when you have more muscle recruitment. Yeah. When you do the isolated work, you don't get that loud of a signal. Yeah, you, well, you still get a signal, but it's quieter. Th- think about it. You, you, Tom, we're talking quads, hamstrings, and and glutes. We're talking all those muscles. If only the glutes, because everyone wants to build the butt. All the girls out there t- tend to want to build. I mean, I'm sure there's guys out there want to build cakes. You know, shit, I want a booty too. But, <laughs> but it tends <laughs> to be, you know, nice it tends butt. to be more the females that want to do this. So that so many of them will gravitate toward that kick, that donkey kick or whatever. That they'll go to that. And so think about it. The, you're only working just the glute there. Now the glutes are saying, "Hey, make me grow all the way to the brain." The brain's not gonna get that <laughs> loud, right? I'm not gonna get that loud of a signal. But when, you, as soon as you get the quads, hamstrings, and glutes all together, saying, "Hey, get us to grow," all of a sudden the brain's like, "Hey, I, I hear something. Let's let's make the muscles down there grow." And then if you want to do those those dumb workouts afterwards, you can do them. Do them afterwards. So now now it's an isolation exercise. Yep. You know, you, I'm not going to do bicep curls before I do a bent over row. You know, you do the bent over row, you're engaging the biceps, but you're engaging all these other muscles and the body, all I know is like, dude, we got to grow. And this is where I'm going to go down a slight, a, a, sh- a small rabbit hole and try to come back out. Crap, I'm gonna, I'll pull them out. <laughs> so, okay, so when it comes to programming, you typically start dynam- the dynamic movement and then you go to the isolated movement. So what it means by dynamic is we're thinking squats, deadlifts, so the compound movements, the big muscle Multi-joint. Movements. Yes. And, and, and sorry, just really quick for the viewers out there, I mean dynamic and compound and isolated are a little different because a lot of people think compound is what crossfitters do they use like a medicine ball they start tossing it to the ground and then squat down and well th- those are oh so yeah those this, that's not even talk it, CrossFit. it's not <laughs> it's not wrong but that's not completely accurate yeah. right, right. so the compound movements were we're referring to how many joints are involved isolation movement is something like arm curls where only one joint is moving mm-hmm. you know or just one body part is working mm-hmm. a little yeah. you know it's a little more isolated you know? <laughs> sorry i just wanted yeah, to clarify yeah, no, no, good call, yeah. good call, okay. no, good okay. call. so typically when you program you start with the compound yeah. or dynamic <laughs> movements or lifts and then go to isolated <laughs> The only time you would ever start with the isolated and go dynamic or compound is when you are purposely trying to either fatigue a certain muscle to make another one work harder or to make that one muscle work even harder. The concept behind that is, let's say we're going to do a close grip bench, but we really want to push your triceps. Do a few tricep extensions before that, then do the close grip bench, and it kind of overloads the triceps. You can also do it in a different manner of we're going to shift your grip up a little bit on the bench do some tricep work drop the weight down a little bit on the bench and then we're going to really be able to focus on getting your chest to strain harder because the triceps are burnt out that is more of a special kind of programming that is not used too often or too much those who use it really know how to make it work it's one that you can really fuck up easily yeah Mm -hmm. so again you go from dynamic big movements big lifts to the smaller ones so doing a bent over row or a chin up and then going and doing bicep curls will be a great way to kill your biceps 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, so now let's get back to the original question because we totally went off the rails again. We're <laughs> terrible. At I warned you, I'm going down yeah, the rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so, we got the rope. We'll so the nice thing about full body workouts is you're gonna increase frequency a lot, and frequency to me is king. Uh, Noah, Noah Ash actually got into my, he slid in my DMs and asked me if what's more important, muscle damage to facil- to facilitate uh, hypertrophy, so muscle growth. He said, is muscle damage more important or frequency? And so I told him, in the end, muscle damage, because obviously you have to send some sort of signal to the body, but frequency. And if you think about the average gym goer on the bro split who does chest on Mondays, legs on Tuesday, back on Wednesday, shoulders, how does it go? Shoulders on Thursday and arms on Friday. on Friday. Friday. Yeah, that's like the typical bro split. Well, <laughs> they've hit every single body part once that week. So that anabolic signal, that growth signal, the chest that you did on Monday it's pretty done by time Thursday rolls around. And then you've got Thursday, you've got Friday, you've got Saturday, you've got Sunday with none of that signal going. So this is where frequency is huge. So full body workouts, you know, now you're going to hit that signal. You're going to hit that chest three times a week as opposed to one time a week with three full body workouts. So now, especially being a natural, you know, I'm assuming everybody out there is natural because we're not cheaters, right, guys? You know, we're all... Um, or a professional bodybuilders. Exactly. I mean, if we do have one out there listening to us, it's freaking awesome. Yeah. Which, by the way, I might bring one on as a guest, but that's another awesome. time. So, Johnny Jackson comes <laughs> here, So, very quickly, with that bro split, yeah. where you have one day for one muscle group, the ones who really made that more popular were the bodybuilders, right? Because, yeah, because they're injecting... But keep in mind, they have testosterone. They have steroids. So, their natural testosterone levels are always high. They're... That- the, natural that, person will go high and then drop off that anabolic signal they're literally injecting it into themselves so they don't count they are the ones that made it and they made it popular they'll write their little stupid program out on some magazine or on instagram and then you get this little skinny you know 15 year old that reads it and thinks that's the way to do it it's, just because it works for them does not mean it will work for you yes there's yes. a specificity of training where you train for a purpose then there's another way you can think of it as you have to train for what works for you i want to give a good example of frequency though but real quick before we finish that, that, things that, up is uh prison think about prisoners when they're bored all day and work out two or three times a day that the amount of frequency that they're going through they're putting their bodies through they're working out every day that many times a day how does a prisoner who has access to no weights looks somewhere more jacked than the person over here do you know at whatever gym doing the bro split and they have access to weights how does that work that that's frequency. because the frequency is so much more higher in the prisoner than it is for the person who's you know in here or going to planet fitness doing their you know chest workout once a week setting off clunk alarms <laughs> <laughs> exactly no that so full body workouts are much more superior because one you don't have to be going to the gym as often and you're hitting every body part three times a week which is way better than one time a week so now connecting everything together take a person who does full body think of a lifter who does full body Whenever they train, not oh, and who is very dynamic in the workouts they choose? Uh, powerlifters and Olympic lifters. They are some big mofo's in yeah. the, those two sports. Yes, and they don't do a whole lot of just bicep curls to get the bicep bigger. Everything for them is all function as always because they compete in lifts. But they will really focus on these big dynamic movements. And you look at these people; they're huge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, I think it's Dmitry Klokov yes. was the Russian Olympic lifter. Big guy. Also, to counteract what you will see in some in the Olympics many times, or like these big kind of overweight, softer looking guys, Dmitry was a big, jacked guy. Yeah, and never did curls. He <laughs> <laughs> didn't really curl. Yeah. He did a lot of dynamic full body movements because you have to do full body when you do the snatch and the clean. Yeah. Well... Make sure you guys don't do get off those freaking bro splits. Find a good program. Look for full body programs. Try it out, and you guys will see pretty major differences in how you're. You know, big change, especially because it's gonna be something new you guys aren't used to. And you have in, insert our yeah. business cards. Plenty of access to yes. free programs. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Anyways, and with that being said, I think we're gonna wrap things up, guys. Um, please keep blowing up our stuff. Please tell somebody out there about us. To hey, listen to these dudes. Uh, nerds and iron show them our spotify show them we are now on itunes too so if those of you that are on iphones that download spotify just for us thank you for doing that you can delete spotify now you guys rock though <laughs> <laughs> but um shout you know reach out to me 
and I know I got a lot of heat for this. I changed my Instagram name. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I was wondering why I couldn't find it. <laughs> I think Noel changed his, and that prompted me to change mine. Yeah, yeah. So, so it went from Barbell Noel to now it's Noel underscore Cast Iron Fitness on Instagram. And slide in DMs. Uh, my, I'm open for questions. And if you're wanting to get a hold of me on Instagram, you can look me up at Fit. Shout out to old gamer tag. <laughs> and you can find me on Instagram at Creamy Torta. Add me on PlayStation and play some games with me. And with that, we out. Peace.